An ordinary day in March, late Saturday afternoon. And then the monster came. A monster in the form of a virus. And the frightened people began to buy everything in sight and greed took over. But it isn't really the toilet paper or hand sanitizer that people are in desperate need of the most. It is for that simple feeling of just feeling normal again. To walk into a grocery store and see people treating each other with dignity. For civilization to survive, the human race must remain civilized. Tonight's very small exercise in logic from the Twilight Zone. On tonight's episode, we're going to talk about what I can consider to be some of the uh, best episodes of the Twilight Zone. And that's 59 of my favorite episodes of the Twilight Zone. But we're also going to talk about 52 of my, as I like to say, uh, second tier uh, episodes. Um, They're good episodes, but they're not the best episodes. And, well, we're not even going to talk about uh, what I consider to be some of the worst episodes of the Twilight Zone. Uh, Hint, hint, they're the ones that are usually more... Uh, comedic. So that and more come up next on Between Light, Shadow, Science, and Superstition. We'll be right back. There is a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to man. It is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the twilight zone. You're traveling through another dimension, a dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. It is the middle ground between light and shadow between science and superstition. And it lies between the pit of one's fears and the summit of one's knowledge. You are now traveling through a dimension of imagination. You just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone was brought to you tonight by Kleenex Tissues. The only tissue that gives you so much. The soft, strong tissue with the Kleenex touch. The Twilight Zone is brought to you tonight by the perfect coffee on the modern scene. New Aroma Roast Sanka Coffee. On tonight's episode of Between Light, Shadow, Science, and Superstition, we're talking about 59 of my favorite episodes of the Twilight Zone. And then we're going to go into the 52 uh, mid-tier, or as I like to say, my second tier uh, episodes. Episodes that were good, but they weren't considered, or what I consider to be the best episodes. Because of course, as we all know, episodes from the Twilight Zone are all subjective, um, as most media usually is. And tonight I'm going to start with season one of my 
59 favorite episodes of the Twilight Zone. And it should come to no surprise to you that uh, from season one, uh, my favorite episode uh, in that particular um, season is uh, Walking Distance. And I, this is one of my favorite episodes um, of, of pretty much of all the episodes now. And I guess, I don't know, maybe because I'm getting into my, um, getting up into my 40s now and I'm starting to see things a little bit differently. I mean, heck, even the guy, you know, that's at the beginning of the episode, um, he's only 36, which I beg to differ. He probably was a little bit older than that. But it seemed to me that Bob Serling, um, when he wrote this episode, it was about um, him and his relationship uh, or a relationship that he wanted more or less with his uh, father that was missing from his uh, life for a period of time um, because of our army service. But I found this episode to be uh, so uh, great and it's just so rewatchable that honestly sometimes I actually um, put this on my, uh, the, uh, the, maybe the TV at night um, and have it set to this episode and this is something I kind of like just watch to wind down the day and really to fall to um, fall to sleep on you know everyone has those things that they do and this is kind of like a soothing uh, episode for me but this was actually Rod Serling's favorite episode now keep in mind I don't have these episodes all in any particular order but this just happens to be um, definitely is in my top 10 list of um about episodes that I absolutely love from the Twilight Zone. Now, my uh, second one from the um, from the first season is number seven, called "The Lonely," and this is a really deep uh, deep episode about a gentleman on a uh, asteroid whom is uh, well, as the title um, of the episode says, he's uh, he's lonely, and the loneliness is what's uh, getting to him more so than. And anything else. And then we have our third from the sun. Episode number 14 from season 1. And this is one of the episodes that I uh, listed in. my um, The previous episode of the episode. Um, one of the episodes with the largest uh, twists within. And then there's number uh, episode number 16. The Hitchhiker. Which is one of the creepier episodes. Um, if you will. And I just love the the monologue that she's having with herself and we very rarely don't get that too much in the episode and she plays well when she does play by herself for the majority of the episode just her facial expressions um they're just so expressive and it's just so telling what what she's going through and what she's actually thinking as we're getting the uh the voiceover from her all right number uh episode number 21 uh mirror image this one um, is it's it's another eerie episode, and it just slightly uh, is a little. I'm not gonna say not not off-putting, but it's just it's unsettling is what I'm, the word, word the phrase I'm looking for. And this episode, you know, although there is that last few seconds where the gentleman is running, you can clearly see you know the special effects weren't up to par, but we'll just throw that into uh, sci-fi um, cheesy. Uh, goodness from the Twilight Zone. Alright, episode number uh, 22 
and they were, and this was a um, episodes where we got a really good run here. This is episode twenty two, the monsters are due on Maple Street. This is one of the episodes that everyone absolutely uh, loves to uh, to talk about. They 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 quote it over and over again, and um, and just the imagery and just what it's talking about and just the message that Serling gives at the end. It is one of the better episodes, and it's just kind of like. This is, you know, the biases that are within this episode aren't necessarily tied to the Twilight Zone. And I think that is the most uh, damning information that we got out of this episode. Because this is not something that just is in the Twilight Zone. This is in the real world as well. And these biases are really, really scary. Alright, episode number 23. And it's a world of difference. This one flipped me on my head because for so long... I thought that the uh, gentleman, he was, uh, he was actually uh, mentally um, well, but it seems as if, at the, the, the more I've watched this episode, he was actually uh, mentally unstable, he was unwell, and uh, I looked at this episode, I'm like, this episode is really all about mental, uh, mental illness, um, how we deal with it, how a person could be so outside of their, you know, uh, mind as far as mental illness goes that they don't know that they really need help and it was pointing at so many different things and and and, uh, and, and family and normalcy and he just wanted that normalcy so much in his life and it was just it also dealt with the stresses and pressures of daily life and I love that it touched on all of those things and I mean for this I mean for this to only be uh, 24 25 minutes long these episodes really touched on a lot of things Alright, episode number 24, Long Live Walter Jameson. I just love these type of episodes with the with the whole uh, uh, supernatural element to it. And, you know, just kind of like, you know, I just love when Serling and company, they, uh, they write these episodes and they just throw you completely for a tailspin. You can have some normal things within it, then you just have stories and episodes like this. They're just fantastical and they just... You know, it's, it's a slight moral story on the surface, but a lot, a lot of the other details within it really it gets its roots down into the uh, meat of the episode, and you really can pull a lot from these episodes, especially if you watch them, you know, more than once, as I have. And I'm pretty sure a lot of you have as well, because you probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you didn't. All right. Episode uh, number 26, Execution. This was one of the more violent episodes of The Twilight Zone, but it was well written, uh, well acted. Uh, it, it, it just, I just believed everything within this episode from beginning to end. It was just, it was really a flawless episode. And unfortunately, it's one of the episodes that sometimes gets uh, overlooked. Alright, um, episode 28, A Nice Place to Visit. You have a gangster, gangster, you know, basically gets shot. He, you know, basically uh, thinks that he's gone to heaven, when in actuality, he is somewhere else. Love the setup, love the story. Um, it falters a little bit towards the latter end of the episode before it gets to the end but you know you can't have everything perfectly 100% in every episode but I, I would say this episode is about 
90% because he just plays up everything so well. It's just so well done. Um, and I just love the actor because, you know, of course, they had this uh, stick that they played to in the uh, Twilight Zone. And pretty much in that time, we had the jazz music and, and everything. And I just love that. All right. Episode 29, Nightmare as a Child. This is another episode uh, much like uh, A World of Difference where a person is not necessarily dealing with mental illness, but they're dealing with uh, emotional and psychological uh, scars from a past experience as a child. And this child that is there, of course, this episode is really eerie and creepy as well, but it just, um, it just plays so uh, well. And they both play off of each other uh, extremely well, the adult and the child within the uh within the episode but i love the way they did the uh manifestation of the um of the child um as her i guess her i guess what's the word alter ego um it's another word i'm looking for but it it it, it really was done uh well all right um episode 34 the after hours and this is one of the last episodes of season one that i thought was the absolute best episode this was something to behold and this was one of the creepier episodes this is probably the creepiest episode outside of the uh howling man um within um the the twilight zone uh family and this episode just especially that part towards the end where she's running through the uh, mall department store and she's hearing the voices and it's the mannequins and yeah that's and they're kind of like beckoning her back and she doesn't have any idea she takes the elevator up to this you know uh, ninth floor and uh, I think it's the ninth floor and um, I've seen it many times you think I would know it by now <laughs> but this um oh man just the whole imagery and everything and then her realization and of course they do the whole you know how they used to do the kind of like pain in close to the face and it's supposed to be a you know act of fear or whatever that comes over them but i, I loved uh this i love this episode and this is one of my favorites that i can watch over and over again because it starts so uh I guess it's such a normal way with even some slight music that kind of like uh, just just brings you in. It's like uh, some merry music and then, you know, kind of like as you pan into the department store and then it just, everything just changes and it just flips you on your head once you get that final, final realization because she realizes throughout the whole episode something's not quite right. So I just loved this episode well we will be right back after these brief messages from rod serling and company
tonight, new dry hair formula Halo, the newly mild shampoo specially prescribed for beautifying oil-robbed hair, brings you the Twilight Zone. Now we're back with season two and three. So, one of the things I loved about the Twilight Zone was that it was able to merge so many different topics and genres of uh, of storytelling and, and television into uh, just a short period of, of time. And this is one of the things that I, I loved that it was able to, to do. And in my first episode from season two, episode uh, five, it's called The Howling Man. This is what this episode uh, did. It it paired the um, fantastic with, uh, with 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 horror and great storytelling, and it just uh, changed up the way the episode started off, the way it ended. It was almost like some. Uh, it's it's hard to pinpoint exactly what this episode not not what it was about but that 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 feeling you get for this episode and I'm trying to pinpoint it and I've asked other people um this exact same thing what do you what do you think it is about this particular episode that's so different from everything else and was it the eerie um background or just the uh the um the set piece on which it was played on, and the, the 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 actors, of course, all the actors did uh, extremely well within this uh, particular uh, episode of the Twilight Zone. But what was it that changed everything? I just haven't quite gotten that. Um, maybe it was I, honestly. I, I think some of it had to do with with um, with religion and uh, maybe. Touting, touting that maybe it's a part of some of the problems that we have because a lot of people, you know, a lot of people say that because of the Crusades and a whole bunch of other uh, things. And to a to a, to a degree, they are absolutely uh, right. But was it saying something else about you know? I, and and one of the things I caught on with uh, with this episode uh, having to deal with the devil and his influence on man. And there was one part in the episode where uh, uh, the gentleman was asking the other men that were uh, holding uh, him hostage and they were like you know haven't you noticed that there are you know less wars and less uh, issues and problems and um, things like that and you know the other gentleman replied but there's still other other issues that we impose on ourselves these are things that we do and we don't need any help from the devil and I just thought about that and that was just so uh, poetic and um, prophetic really on what he was actually saying in that moment and that was one of my favorite um, uh, favorite scenes within this particular episode but I loved I love this episode all right we're gonna move on to one of the most iconic episodes of all time episode number six and it's called eye of the beholder so this for me it just was this the the twist and this was on you know my twist 
biggest twists of all twists lists. <laughs> Not saying that three times fast, but I just the acting in this. Um, of course, um, there was two different uh, actresses that were uh, portrayed within this. The one that was in the bandages, and then the one uh, that played when she got revealed. So you can tell the voice when she's under the the. Uh, the yeah, bandages. She's a little bit. She sounds a little bit older and seasoned, and that's because she was a uh, radio uh, star um, um, back in the uh, 30s and uh, 40s, and even early uh, 50s before she got into uh, other forms of acting. And this was, this was. You know, I'm not even going to even talk about this episode anymore because I could probably could talk about this for about 30 minutes. But I, I, the beholder, really, it really uh, means something. And this is this episode I'm going to talk about uh, in depth later on. All right. Uh, number seven, the episode called Nick of Time with uh, William Shatner. I love this episode. For me, this is my favorite episode with him. I know we have Nightmare at 20,000 uh, feet that everyone loves, but for me, this is the episode, and this is really the episode that, uh, for me, is the most iconic because it has the little um, the little devil on top of the napkin holder and they're getting all their answers from, and I just love that whole dynamic that they're in a small town and they're kind of like stuck there. Is it by choice? Is it not by choice? Uh, is it this, actually this little uh, machine that's keeping them there, or do they actually have the will to leave? They just don't do so. You know, I just love the way that you leave that open ended a little bit, even towards the the end of the episode. This is a really uh, just like nice little nice episode. This is another episode I kind of like watch um, periodically uh, every every other night. When I'm not switching between that and uh, walking distance. So, uh, my number eight um, episode from season two is the lateness of the the hour, which was one of the uh, videotaped um, episodes, which was done very, very, very well. Um, it 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 got its uh, grasping its hold on you and it did not let go and of course this is one of the episodes with the biggest uh, twist alright number 12 dust this is basically for me it's all about prejudices and, 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 and racism and just the acting and I just loved all of the actors within this um, except for the um, gentleman I'm not going to say <laughs> I, just, I just find his I don't know, there's just something about his acting. Um, not the older gentleman, and not the one that plays Anthony as a father in, um, in the other episode where the little boy is taking over. And, well, I'll talk about that in a few minutes. But, yeah, I just, uh, I just did not like this particular actor, and I'll talk about that more later. All right, episode number 15, The Invaders. The episode with the least amount of dialogue, but the this the expressiveness once again that pops up. They have a a, a way of finding people with really good um, uh, expressive faces that can they can act uh, very well without using 
uh, any words, you know, at least without, well, at least, you know, of course, grunts and everything like that are not considered words, but we, uh, we really, really walked down that road of uh, actors that really craft, um, honed their craft and took every advantage that they had and used it in a way that made us feel without actually them actually using a lot of dialogue. All right, number uh, episode number 17, it's called uh, 22. And this is episode I really didn't get or like for a long period of time, and then I actually realized what it was all about and the actress in it, and, you know, it was just, it was a little bit hammy, but, and that's like, I, it, it's really grown on me with the, with the doctor coming in, Doc, Dr. Smith, literally Dr. Smith, I love the way they play that, play the doctor in it, and, and just the premonition of the plane crashing and everything going down, and the scene the 22 on the morgue, and she's waking up, and she's seeing all of this, I, I loved, I just loved that whole uh, imagery and how they play that up and how they slowly built up to that all right episode number 22 from season two it's called uh long distance call this is another uh videotape uh, episode where you can kind of like see the little difference and you know um this is uh, anthony uh, freeman in another uh role another episode of course he's got powers all over the place because he's all over the episodes of the twilight zone and this dealt with uh, child suicide and and death and losing a loved one and, and missing them. This was a heavy episode, and even for the t- even even for now, it's it's heavy. And I can only imagine back then when this came out how heavy this uh, could have uh, played. All right, episode number twenty-three, a hundred yards over the realm. And this is just a simple episode. It's about a gentleman. His son is sick. They're going through the desert. They're trying to head uh, out west from Ohio. And they're they're trying to find this uh, place where there's uh, all these beautiful uh, oceans. And I guess it was California. I think it was California. But they just, uh, they just, and then the father, he just goes and he, you know, basically goes back in time, of course, because this is the Twilight Zone. And he gets the medicine for his son, and, you know, and they actually believe everything that they see towards the end because the proof is uh, definitely there. Number 25, The Silence. Uh, another one of my favorites. Um, of course, we've got the uh, twist uh, ending and the actors. They played well off of one another to the very end. Twilight Zone, brought to you by Pell-Mell Famous Cigarettes. Over, under, around, and through, Pell-Mell travels pleasure to you. And going to season three. Now, I actually forgot one of my episodes from season two, and it's one of the uh, final episodes. Um, it's episode number 28. And it's called, Will a Real Martian Please Stand Up? Can't realize, you know, can't even think about how I even forgot about that episode. It's one of my uh, episodes that I absolutely love watching uh, over and over again, especially during the wintertime. For some reason, I don't know, this is one of those episodes that I like to sit down and actually um, just watch and 
uh, let it sometimes watch me on repeat with you know a few of the other episodes of the Twilight Zone, especially when we start getting into the uh, fall and winter months. But this is one of my favorite episodes, and I just love the whole premise. And of course, this is one of those classic episodes that everybody knows about. All right, so back into season three. All right, so the first episode um, is my one of my favorite episodes, and it's called Two. And it's about these two uh, soldiers. One's a man, one's a woman. They're on opposing sides. They get together. They're in this basically post-apocalyptic uh, world. And they are really, really uh, enjoying uh, each other's company uh, after a while. Not at first. They're, they're, they're at odds with each other because they figure and they realize, you know, well, they think that they have to do this. And then they realize we don't have to be this way anymore. We don't have to do this. This was something that was just uh, um, indoctrined within us and put in us, and we were just brainwashed into thinking and doing these things. And I was saying a lot at the time, especially with a lot of things that were going on, coming out of two world wars, a Korean War, and uh, you know, just uh, you know, I guess when the episode of the Twilight Zone, um, Twilight Zone TV show. Um, as it was going, uh, as it was going off, um, maybe the um, the other Vietnam War was um, really starting to come onto the horizon, and we're starting to get some rumbles of 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 that. So there's a lot that went into this episode. All right, episode number three is called the Shelter. It's amazing how quickly people turn on each other and for for resources or money or whatever the case may be we saw this in episode um episode 22 from season uh one the monsters are doing maple street it's this mob mentality and we saw that on full force in this episode as well and but by the time they realized that circumstances weren't as bad you know then it was basically too late to go back to what they were before the uh, the circumstances that they thought were uh, were dire, um, it's too late to go back to that. And I love this uh, this episode. I love the way it said there's just no morals. Just this episode is what it is. All right, episode number four from season three, uh, the passersby, and this was another uh, episode with a big twist and. I just love the imagery of it, and it was almost like a downplayed uh, "Gone with the uh, Gone with the Wind." Had they told the way it really should have been uh, told, and <laughs> not over uh, glorified it. I'm not gonna, you know, um, get into that, uh, touch that uh, on that at all right now. <laughs> but I've already talked about uh, enough politics earlier um, in um, past episodes. All right, episode number seven. Call the grave, and this is another one that is you know, the imagery in it, just the eeriness, just the set pieces, this, this the way the actors uh, portray everything, just the quietness, just the the dirtiness of the set, everything just just was perfect for this to be a uh, a Twilight Zone episode, and I absolutely loved it. It's one of the episodes that are over that's commonly overlooked. And nobody, you know, really talks about it as much as they probably should talk about this episode. 
but it's one of my favorites. Uh, episode number uh, eight, and it's called uh, It's a Good Life. Okay, so this is the, uh, this is just the classic uh, episode. Um, if there ever was one outside of I, the Beholder, and To Serve Man, episodes like that, this was um, this was right up there. Anthony Freeman, and then possibly with my conspiracy theories on whether or not he's uh, related to or the son of uh, Jeff Myrtlebank, who knows? But you know, but the way the Twilight Zone could work, he could actually be the uh, Jeff Myrtlebank could actually be because who knows what the timeline is is playing with within the Twilight Zone because everything has been uh, shifted up and he basically um, if you think about it he was in a rural uh, town and he basically changed uh, changed everything uh, within because he came from a farming community and it was a farming community and he never really said what the time was or what happened or when, but he said he basically took everything back in time. But that's another whole theory and whole nother story, and I'll talk about that uh, when I actually get to the episode. And I'm gonna, probably going to actually do those two episodes, even though they're a little bit far apart from each other, uh, together and kind of like, you know, um, um, compare uh, uh, through stories with each and every um, uh part of dialogue and within both of the episodes all right uh number episode number 10 the midnight sun you know i've watched this uh episode now and just you know of course the acting within the twilight zone um, nine times out of ten they always hit it out the park and this was just one of those episodes where they just hit it out the park you can feel the heat and of course it had the big uh, revealed towards the end. It was another one of the episodes that had a huge twist at the end. And I just loved this, uh, the way this, this episode just built up the, the, the heat. And was it about climate change? Who really knows? But all I know is that it just made you feel what was on the screen and you believed the acting and the actors and everything that it entailed. All right, episode number twelve, the jungle, and I love the the uh, main character. Oh, I can't remember his name. Um, it'll come to me um, probably once I finish <laughs> this episode. It'll come to me, but um, I just love the way they played up the um, the uh, African um, African. Uh, uh, history or lack thereof, depending on which uh, side you're coming from. But I thought this episode really, uh, really touched on some some heavy things in a short period of, of time uh, about bothering uh, things that don't belong to you and disturbing things and what could be the consequences uh, of said actions. And that was really, really. Um, enjoyable to see uh, you know as limited as the time was and they really couldn't get into a lot of it and it probably was best that they didn't dive into that too much because it could have easily been 
and um, an hour episode or even a separate movie, which I always thought they should have probably should have done like separate movies for the Twilight Zone. Just had that like in a canon ready to roll as soon as the series ended and just kept like kind of like kept that lore going through the uh, through the early 70s. But that's just something, of course, every Twilight Zone um, fan will say. All right. Episode number um, 16, Nothing in the Dark. This is another creepy episode uh, for for me. Uh, the actress, uh, she played well against a uh, young uh, Robert uh, Redford uh, towards the beginning of his uh, career. And uh, there was so much to unpack within this episode that I'm not even even getting to it now, but it had a lot to do with 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 age and just just being content with things once you get to a certain age and you know there was a a lot to unpack so we'll talk about that when we actually get to the episode all right number 17 one more paul bearer and this was a gentleman who uh wanted vengeance against all those who he felt had uh treated him in a not so uh, good way but then he really looked at the things that he did and he probably was deserving of every uh every bit of it number 22 a piano in the uh in the house and this episode uh was weirdly uh enjoyable um getting people's uh, thoughts out there what they think versus what they what they do and they say and i think it exposed that to us the audience um those those just those ideas in in of themselves, and uh, yeah, so that was um, that was an episode that was uh, was really enjoyable. It was in, it was intense and it was it was brutally honest. But then the main uh, character, he was very very uh, ruthless and deliberate in what he was doing, and that displayed well for the uh, for the entire episode. All right, number. Uh, Number 23, uh, The Last Rites of Jeff Myrtlebank. Okay, so we talked about um, this a little bit earlier when we were talking about uh, It's a Good Life with uh, Anthony Freeman. So we'll talk about that once we get to the episode a, a little bit more, dive deep into it. All right, episode number 24, To Serve Man, a classic episode, of course. You know, it's a cookbook. Of course, everyone knows when, as soon as they think of the, uh, the Twilight Zone that's exactly uh, what they what they think about, and it's you know just that's one of the uh, one of the scenes that we really like to uh, like to dive into. All right, episode number twenty six, Little Girl Lost, which this episode was you know one of the creepier episodes as well, and it reminds me of um, of an episode or two of Stranger Things, and maybe maybe this is where. The uh, Duffer Brothers, who are the uh, writers and producers of that show, got the idea from. I'm just going to stick with that. All right, number, uh, number, uh, oh, sorry, I missed one. Number 27, Hocus Pocus, Hocus, and Frisbee. And I love the way this, uh, this really played, uh, played out. And it was just one of those, uh, things where we just, uh, we just get uh, so much information in a short period of time with this episode. And this was one of the, I think, 
the comedic episodes, if you will, that actually worked because he didn't try to overplay that hand. It just, it, he, the actor, he worked with what he had to work with and he made it to where it wasn't overbearing and it's slightly uh, and a tinge of uh, dramatic flair within it. And I, I really enjoyed that. And that was paramount to the, um, to the entire uh, story, the way the actor played. Um, meeting the aliens, telling the tall tales, and, and all of that and whatnot. All right, number, um, number, uh, actually number 27, um, at 27 and 30, uh, switched around, uh, so 27 is actually person or persons unknown, and this is another episode much like, uh, much like the episode from the, uh, I think it's the, uh, first season, yeah, the first season, episode 23, a uh, world of, of, of difference and you know this is a person that doesn't know who he is doesn't know if he has a mental illness or not and you know Rod and company they were really really progressive in dealing with uh, with said issues of people dealing with mental uh, mental illness and I loved that they touched on some of these things but they played up the sci-fi elements of it the horror elements of it and really um, I really enjoyed this uh this episode as well all right uh number 34 young man's fancy and this is an episode uh where it seems like the gentleman uh just got married um but he can't seem to leave his home because his mother has such a hold on him and maybe because of his father leaving uh leaving him and there were some child abandonment uh issues going on there and I think that's what this was trying to um trying to touch on um really really wonderful um uh episode all right number uh 35 I sing the body electric for a long time I tried to figure out what that term meant and what this story really was uh was all about and if you if you uh recognize the young girl on the uh episode um, she, uh, she's from the birds and, you know, the, uh, Alfred Hitchcock, uh, classic. So yeah, that, that, I was like, where do I know her from? And I'm like, of course she's from the birds, but this episode, uh, it seems to me like the twilight zone is, you know, now that I watch these episodes and now that we have some of these tech, some of this uh, technology and we're actually getting closer to some of this uh, AI technology and, and robots and androids and things like that, it, it just seems like, you know, Sterling and company, they were well ahead of the game. And I just love the way they brought out a lot of, um, they basically put a lot of the sci-fi right there on full display for us, even ahead of time. Because this is a great episode. All right, number 30. Uh, seven episode number thirty-seven, the changing of the guard. This is a gentleman. He's put his whole life into teaching. He loves his 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 students. He loves all of his kids, and he just um, when I say his kids, his, his students as well. And they just 
they just circle around him and they just adore him. And then all of a sudden he gets this news. He's going to be forced into retirement. And he actually, uh, he actually uh, uh, contemplates uh, suicide. And, you know, of course, this was another thing that was uh, touched on uh, before. And we're just getting a lot of these, you know, undercurrents of things. And, you know, we're seeing, you know, where Rod Serling's head uh, was at because he thought that these were all main uh, main issues that we probably should be taking care of. And I just love the way uh, the gentleman played the, uh, the character. But we'll talk more about that episode once we get to it. All right, so we're into season four. Now, there are a few episodes within this uh, episode, uh, this uh, season, rather, that I thought were uh, great. And the first one was In His Image. And, you know, there's a slow build for this, and at the beginning there's the real weird, uh, uh, overly devout <laughs> Christian lady at the uh, very beginning, which I'm... I'm I'm a Christian as well, um, so I'm not saying anything, you know, as far as that goes. But, you know, sometimes you can you can be so open-minded uh, to where your brain falls out, and then there's the other side of that to where you can be so closed-minded to where you know nothing can come in. So it's just one of those things, and it's your view and your worldview, and nothing else matters. But I love the way that it played upon that at the very beginning because it kind of like brought up, you know, because we're thinking is this, you know, is she? Um, is is she gonna push him or what's going on? We find out he pushes her because her over preachiness he just can't handle. And then we find out later on what the whole issue and deal with that is. But we'll talk about that once we get to the episode as well. All right, number three, uh, Valley of the Shadow. Now remember, all these episodes are the uh, one-hour episodes, so they. Uh, and I don't think I think some episodes bode well for being an hour and then others they just do the exact uh, opposite and they don't bode well for being a a an hour at all and some of these just didn't and of course this was one of the episodes um the first two episodes i've actually talked about definitely uh have as a matter of fact all the episodes we're going to mention in season four definitely deserved um the hour uh the hour treatment the valley of shadow um Valley of the Shallow, um, Shadow, not Shallow, the episode number three, this was a, this is one of my favorite episodes, this is another one of my go-to episodes where I kind of like turn on and I listen to it in the background or, you know, if I'm, maybe if I'm, uh, resting, you know, this is an episode I'll put on, just let it play, uh, play in the background along with, uh, a list of other episodes. And, uh, episode... Here's an item we forgot. You see this? It holds a promise for anyone who smokes. It's Oasis. And as its name implies, it promises you the most refreshing, the softest taste of all. Try Oasis. I think you'll like it. Twilight Zone has been brought to you by Milk Wave Lilt. The new home permanent you mix with milk. For curls that start soft and stay lively. Twilight Zone is brought to you by the new Polaroid 10-second automatic camera. Only three buttons to push. One, two, three. And in just 10 seconds, a finished picture. 
Okay, I'm sorry I got cut off and I had some uh, technical difficulties for a few seconds, but I'm back. Okay, so to start off where I left off, and I was talking about, uh, or just before I started talking about uh, my episode number nine from season four, it's called Printer's uh, Devil. This episode was uh, well done. It uh, starred uh, uh, Burgess Meredith and he, you know, you know Rocky's, you know, anyway, um, the Penguin, um, <laughs> a couple other, uh, you know. But he had so many different appearances within the uh, Twilight Zone, and I loved it. And this could have been one of the episodes that could have uh, voted well to play uh, as a full-length uh, length, uh, uh, movie add an extra uh, 30 40 minutes on top of what we already had so i loved the way uh the way this episode uh built up and i thought they could have probably explored some other things a little bit more but they did uh, everything within the uh within the episode um um it it played it played very very uh well with what uh with the way it was written um that's a kind of like a backwards way of saying what I was trying to say, <laughs> but I really enjoyed this episode, and you know, it contemplated, of course, we um, um suicide again, which you know, there's a common thread throughout a lot of the episodes of uh of uh suicide and things like that. So maybe we're trying to bring awareness to that. I think that may have been the uh, may have been the case. All right, number 13 from season four, and it's called The New Exhibit. This is one of my favorite episodes, and it is the creepiest episode, but it is one of the best episodes. And this is another episode to where it uh, very well may be dealing with mental illness, and we find out that the main protagonist may be himself a serial killer. And this was way ahead of uh of its of its time uh what it was uh doing what it was trying to say and just the gruesomeness of the way it was played out without you having to actually see anything and i mean this guy actually killed his wife and you know she you know i mean he he didn't seem like he was the bad guy but then there were all these signs that pointed to that throughout his mild temperedness. I mean, he just, you know, and it's kind of like it plays to what a what we think of of a serial killer being today. So this this episode was a really well done episode. And I love the story, the brother coming over, questioning everyone coming over and him not realizing this is an issue and he keeps just going on and on and on and then you have all these people are telling him you know this is an issue that's an issue and then finally at the end he becomes a part of the exhibit the new exhibit which i you know when i when i'm thinking about these episodes um you know now i think about the titles and what they could possibly mean and that's why I try to, when I'm watching the newer episodes of The Twilight Zone, um, Jordan Peele's uh, um, episodes, I, I try to look at the name. But just some of the episodes, newer episodes, just doesn't have that same mystique about them. And just, you know, kind of like that that uh, that that legacy. And it's trying to live up to that legacy. It's doing a pretty good job for a lot of the episodes. But it's just, um, it's just you know, you can see the title right in 
inside with and the way it was just so uh creatively done back then you know it's just uh, all kudos to uh serling and company all right so we're going to go through the last episode for season four and it's uh number 14 of late i think of cliffordville and this was an episode i haven't seen for a very long time up until recently i actually watched it from beginning to end it's a pretty good episode of course it has to do with with the devil and a, and a crude mean businessman and trying to go back and take advantage again and it winds up in, in an even uh, worse situation than before he uh left and went back in in time trying to take advantage of uh of things but I, I just love the moral story uh, of this uh, episode. And there weren't a whole bunch of episodes from, uh, from season four that were, I considered to be the you know, the best. Of course, there would be second tier or some of them were just not good. <laughs> but, you know, because I think some of them were drawn out and they could have been a, you know, 25, 30 minute episode when it was drawn out to an hour. So you kind of like lose that suspense, that that conciseness that should be there within the episode and it's just not done all that well all right season five uh living doll episode six creepy 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 this is one of the episodes everyone knows about everybody thinks about everybody talks about <laughs> and yeah, it's no more than i can even say even my uh young daughter uh, she's six years old I and mean, she talks about uh, this episode and she has that little voice now to where she can mimic what the what the doll is, is saying and I'm like that is creepy please don't do that <laughs> because now I'm sleeping with with uh, one eye open all right number seven the old man in the cave what is this episode really about is it about disconforming or not conforming and 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 people going around uh, taking advantage of others is it about faith or what is it about? It could, it could be about so many different things. And just the way the episode starts uh, with the car, it just, uh, it brings out, uh, it brings out a lot um, of what can be done with this episode. And what was done with this episode, and it was a really, really, um, really good episode. One of the ones that are, um, again, it, it's, it's overlooked. All right, number 13, Ring-A-Ding Girl. Okay, so for the longest, I, I, you know, okay, I didn't watch this episode for a very long time, probably over 20 years, and I just remembered it as being one of those episodes I just didn't get, didn't, didn't know what it was, what was going on, and then one day about uh, about three weeks ago, I sat down and like, okay, I'm going to sit here, I'm going to dissect this, I'm going to watch it, I'm going to see what this actually means, and this is basically an episode about, you know, premonition, and she just uh, she sees her death. She knows what's going on. She's trying to stop the townspeople from going, and she uh, she comes back into town, and everybody thinks that she's thinking all about her, but in actuality, it's about uh, it's about everyone else. And I love this episode now, and I did not before because it was one of the episodes was just to, for me. It was just okay. It's an episode. Is there? It, it exists, and it's a a a throwaway uh, episode. But now uh, it's one of my favorite episodes because i get it i absolutely get it now all right number 14 you drive and this is all about basically about hit and run and your conscious and 
you know, whether or not you should suffer consequences when you do things. Of course, you absolutely should. All right, number 15, episode 15, The Long Morrow. Another episode that is uh, very underestimated. No one really thinks about this episode when they think about episodes from the Twilight Zone, but this was one of the episodes that had a, uh, a huge, sad twist, which I absolutely loved uh, the way this episode um, was. It was slightly quiet. It was mellow, but it was bold all at the same time. And this episode, I just can't get enough of uh, of watching. And I, I just love this episode um, altogether. All right, number episode number 23, Queen of the Nile. I love these uh, supernatural um, episodes. It reminded me of the uh, of the episode uh, "Long Live uh, Walter Jameson," episode twenty four from season one. Um, we get these episodes like this. Absolutely wonderful, great episode. All right, number twenty five, "The Mask," and this was a this is also a classic episode where people put the mask on and then they take the mask off and their true self. Is, uh, is revealed through through the uh, the mask, and I just I don't think this episode could have been acted uh, any better. Although there was one or two actors or actress, you know, which I'm not gonna name them out, but one was a very uh, prolific uh, actor um, actress during the time, and she played in Drag Dead, and she had several other roles uh, throughout uh, throughout the uh, 50s, 60s, and into the uh, uh, 70s as well all right and number 26 i am the knight color me black this is a very very timely uh, episode on prejudice and and um there's just some overt prejudice uh throughout this episode especially at the very beginning with uh, uh said wife and uh, said uh, uh deputy and they just all uh, just don't know how to keep their foots um their their um their feet um and uh out of their mouth it's just uh it's just one of those uh things where i'm sitting here thinking about everything that they're saying and they just got these micro aggressions that are basically plastered all over the place but i, I this little episode i i love the town is dark and it's dark for a reason and we'll get to, when we get to this episode we'll definitely dive deep into this one all right, number episode number thirty, uh, stopover in a quiet town, which goes by another name, which I'm not gonna name because I don't want to get people uh, confused once again. But um, this episode is basically an episode about aliens. We don't really realize or figure that out until the very, uh, very ending. All right, episode number uh, thirty-one, the encounter. And this was um, uh, graced with some some um, Star Trek uh, alumni, and it was wonderfully, uh, wonderfully acted. It was tense from the very beginning. You just feel uncomfortable between these two veterans uh, who clearly do not like uh, each other one more than the other, of course. Uh, but I just. I just love this episode and just that ending. It just could not have been a more perfect episode of the 
of the Twilight Zone. And then as that door slowly creeps open after they've been trying to get out and open it for all that time. And it's just so unpoetically uh, great. Alright, episode number 33, The Brain Center at Whipple's. And this is basically tech AI taking over, and that's pretty much where we are right now. Amazon owns just about everything. They got tech everywhere. They have stores manning themselves. We are absolutely there with all our devices and everything, and we're actually gonna probably put ourselves out of um, out of out of out of business to say the very uh, very uh, least, but. You know, I, I just I just loved the way this episode just built up. You know, the the actors were absolutely great in what they and uh, what they did and how they did their particular um, roles. And you know, the um, the main actor he was on he was in really big during the fifties and sixties and. He played on the uh, on the uh, Dick Van Dyke show and a few other things uh, at the time. Even um, uh, what's in that movie? The name uh, The Odd Couple. He played on that uh, as well uh, with uh, a couple of other uh, well-known actors. Which their names are escaping me, and I know these actors so so well. But I I, I just love the way this. Uh, this episode uh, built up uh, kind of like an oncoming war with the machines. <laughs> All right, episode number 35, and this is one of the last episodes from my favorite list, and it's called The Fear. What is this all about? This was just a scary, creepy episode. I thought it was about aliens, and it was about actually something else. But it was about aliens, and it was about fear. And it's just, I don't know how I just love these episodes where it kind of like just jerks you all around a little bit and that's exactly what uh what this episode did uh for me well this lasted a lot longer than i thought it actually would so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna break this episode up into two parts so this will be part one we've covered all of my favorite episodes and then we're gonna jump into the second tier episodes they are still episodes i like um very much but they are just slightly under what i would consider to be the best episodes and then on another day on another podcast we'll cover uh what i consider to be uh some of the worst episodes of the twilight zone so i'll see you guys on the other side